This podcast is sponsored by Aurora Packaging Solutions, a global packaging solutions provider leading the transition to a more sustainably packaged future. They specialize in developing packaging and visual communication solutions that reduce the impact on the environment and bring sustainability goals to life. With a focus on partnership and service, they create a custom solution for your business. To learn more, please visit www.orapackaging.com. Welcome to Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors. My guest today is Mr. Noah Godfrey, the co-founder of Amplify. How are you, sir? Yeah, doing really well, Corey. Thanks so much for having me on. Always excited to talk about plastics and sustainable <laughs> packaging. We really appreciate this. Uh, you guys are doing some great things in the sustainability space. And uh, I'd just like to hear kind of your background. How did you get here? What brought you to packaging world? Let us know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've, I've always been particularly interested and potentially obsessed with plastics. Kind of beginning in college, I was interning and working for nonprofits in the space. That led me to pyrolysis. And then after, actually, I met my co-founder of, of, of Amplify while working for one of the leading environmental consultancies that was engaged in plastic credits. And we, oh, wow. we actually met, yeah, and we, we actually met in Goa, India. And here we were working to help companies uh, streamline finance to develop plastic waste management infrastructure and organize cleanups. But I think what we kind of realized there was we didn't feel like our efforts were really truly moving the needle towards reducing the flow of plastics into the environment. And we wanted to focus on being more active and less reactive. And I, I think what we figured out was the plastics problem is really a, a data problem. And I, Corey, as I'm sure you know, it's it's very difficult to get into this industry. It's, it's not easy to understand initially. Right. And, um, and although there's been incredible momentum in the sustainable packaging sector, there's still a pretty large entry barrier for companies to understand what solutions work for them or, or their business model. So that's kind of my background and, and the background of, of essentially how we started Amplify. Well, that's a fascinating story. And you're right. Almost everyone that I interview says, I kind of fell into this or I, I didn't really plan on this. So not, not everybody goes to college and says, I want to be in the packaging industry, <laughs> but I appreciate what you're doing there. So can you tell us about what, what is Amplify and, and what it is that you guys do for, for the world of packaging? Yeah, absolutely. So at its core, I would say Amplify is an environmental consultancy, specifically, of course, focused on plastics. We have a SaaS platform where we help consumer brands take action to reduce the plastic footprint of their operations uh, and supply chain. So I guess to kind of give you a quick overview of how it works, we begin by analyzing their data, where on our dashboard, we'll map their plastic footprint and we'll you know, surface their insights and intelligence. We'll also perform a scenario analysis to make sure that each company enables the highest level of impact. Next, we'll create a tailored reduction strategy for them, which takes the form of a list of reduction recommendations that falls under this criteria of reduce unnecessary plastics, improve essential plastics, and then accelerate systems change. And I think what's exciting about this is we attach a unique solution provider or providers to each recommendation. So for instance, if the recommendation is to introduce PCR into your primary packaging, we'll connect uh, a solution provider or providers that will help solve this problem. And I think right. that's kind of what makes it unique is this nexus we're creating. It's we have a platform of or a symbol, essentially a marketplace of solution providers where uh, brands can find and implement a variety of 
plastic alternatives, sustainable packaging imp uh, implementations, or circular economy integrations. And, you know, they're all specific to that specific company. And, you know, finally, we'll give them the tools to, to report on and communicate the plastic footprint and uh, their progress towards reduction. And uh, yeah, and also we're, we're excited to launch our UK plastics tax reporting portal by the end of this month. So that's, uh, we're really excited about that. Wow. So tell us about that. The UK is doing something interesting with taxes. Yeah, so pretty pretty amazing. This is an emerging legislation. So essentially, the EU passed the plastics taxonomy that's that's taxing all the member states, and quite a few countries are now responding. So specifically, the UK has a plastics tax that's being that's beginning in April of this year, and any company that uh, imports or manufactures plastic will have to report on their plastic footprint. And if they use more than 10 tons, they'll have to pay the tax. And it's 300 euros per ton. And of course, there's a lot of wow. different variation of, of, you know, why, what accounts for plastic, what doesn't. Wow, that's amazing. I, I, I had heard about a plastic tax over there, but no one had explained it to me in detail like this. This is very interesting. Yeah, I, I think it's really exciting. And, you know, I think we're seeing EPR legislation in, in Maine and Oregon, and it seems to be more pervasive, you know, like it could be adopted across the, you know, maybe across the world. Yeah. So for the audience, EPR is extended producer responsibility. And it, I agree with you, Noah, this is the future and well, it's the present right now. And it, what it's going to do, in my opinion, and I'd love to know your thoughts on this, it's mm -hmm. going to take uh, recycled material and it's going to make it really valuable. Yes. Yeah. So I, I think we kind of know at this point that our recycling system needs some love. It needs some work. Yeah. You know, I think we all know the stat that only 9% of our plastics are properly managed and we need to be introducing more post-consumer recycled content. And this will hopefully get the gears turning. Uh, and one thing I guess I can add about the plastic stacks to kind of reinforce this is that if the plastic is composed of more than 30% recycled content, it doesn't apply for the tax. So it's, it's really pushing this recycled content and the kind of EPR scheme. Wow. And that starts in April. Yep. So this April is this year. This is, this is like right, right now. Yeah. 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 yeah we're, we're really excited. I, I it's going to really cause some waves. My friend Sean Drew owns a, a PET recycling facility in South Africa, and oh, wow. he they instituted EPR in November of last year, and he said already plastic recycled plastic has become so valuable that they can't even find it locally; they have to import it. Wow, so, that's amazing! I and similarly in the UK, I think a lot of recycled plastic content is being sold out. No one can find it anymore. Yeah. It's, and you know, that'll just increase the, the big gears turning. I mean, we'll, we'll hopefully see a lot more recycling, many, you know, infrastructure being set up to support the demand. That's, I think that's the goal, right? Or that's the yeah. hope I would say there could be some other negative things that come from this, but I really hope the the positive is laws will change and, and plastic will become easier to recycle because it's more valuable to recycle. <laughs> so man, yeah, this is very exciting news. I, I didn't know that. Great. Yeah, it is definitely kind of the dream. I think of all of us sustainable packaging, you know, lovers, it is the dream to see this happening. And it's, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. So tell us some, can you give us some of the ideas of things that you recommend companies do with your services? Yeah, absolutely. 
So I, I think first, it's really important to understand the nuances of their operations and supply chain because every recommendation will be unique. And, you know, and also I have to say, of course, that you should definitely perform an LCA to make sure that any integration or implementation of, of an alternative, it, it should be net carbon or, or lower. But yeah, so I think that some exciting things, of course, are you know introducing PCR or introducing reuse schemes for either products or shipping materials. And I think there are simple things too that we can do that not only just removing unnecessary plastics, but like thinking about your packaging or as more kind of uh, as an optimization because you can reduce the you know the color and make it clear to make it much more recyclable, or we can reduce the the amount of plastics we're using in the packaging, just in the tops or in the, you know, the associated products. So I, I think that there, there's so many different ideas out there. And I, I think that once a company kind of understands or the nuances of their supply chain and operations, they can really dive deep and see what works for them. Yes. Do you, do you urge people towards a mono material when you're talking about plastics? Yeah, I, I think if you can use a monomaterial, you absolutely should. And I think what's interesting too is thinking about the geography you're in and that you're selling to. Because right. you know, as uh, as you mentioned, that he's uh, your friend as a PET plant, and that's clearly making it a high value plastic in that area. So if you're selling to areas that have PET, it's a high value. It'd be great to use your products out of that material. Which yeah, I, I think is definitely geographic considerations is a huge piece of this. Yes. One of my interviews on this podcast was with Dow Specialty Plastics, and mm. they're they're developing some amazing multi-layer yet still mm. mono mono material. If that makes sense, uh, yeah. So they figured out how to make the different layers perform differently mm. while still keeping that totally recyclable and one material with binding agents that will recycle easily. So. Mm. This is exciting. <laughs> yeah, that is exciting. I, I listen to their podcast and it's very good as well. And they they have a lot of innovation. They really do. They there's they're putting a lot of time into thinking about new polymers. It's it's exciting to see. Yes, very much. One of the things we did was a, a big push for America Recycles Day and mm. ask, asking people to take their plastic to the in-store plastic recycling mm. that that generally, at least for our area, goes to Trex. Uh, are you familiar with Trex? No, I don't think so. Okay, so Trex takes poly bags or poly material, mostly polyethylene, you know, to-go bags, stretch film, you know, sure. f- for pallet wrap, and they turn it into a wood replacement mm-hmm. material that's used for for decking and all kinds yeah. of things. I actually, they're one of my next podcasts coming out, but 140,000 poly bags turns into about 500 square feet of decking. Wow. <laughs> That's a surprising a lot. That, yeah, I'm surprised by that number. <laughs> and you never have to paint it and it lasts yeah. for 25 years and you know, all of these things. So there are some benefits to recycling and downcycling or upcycling, however you want to look at that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, great. Well, tell us more about Amplify and 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 your team. What what kinds of what kinds of things are are you working on now? A quick break for our sponsor this month. Now is the time to go beyond recycling. SmartSolve pioneers certified 
bio-based water-soluble packaging technologies that empower consumers and businesses to effortlessly reduce plastic waste. Our non-toxic materials quickly and completely disperse when combined with water and agitation, thus making them easily recyclable, biodegradable, and even zero-waste. If zero-waste packaging interests you, please contact us today at info at smartsolve.com. Yeah, so my co-founder, Dominic, he is based in Switzerland. So we're kind of, we're definitely you know, geographic agnostic, we, you know, we'll definitely kind of help help anyone in any part of the world. And yeah, we have a few other kind of part-time team members all around some California, some are still in school, but yeah, I, I, I think we have some exciting things coming up next. So the, we're really excited about the UK plastics tax portal. We're, we're working on a, a packaging database at the moment that will be, will enable brands to search for a, a piece of packaging or, you know, a product, and then they can see you know, where the industry benchmarks are so they can understand, okay, so this is the average weights, you know, this would be a good way, you know, the, these are the interesting case studies associated. So yeah, that's, that's another thing that we're really excited about. And I think the other really piece is a consumer engagement where we can help companies survey all of their employees and then they can kind of see their plastic footprint. They can get uh, recommendations of what they can improve on and that sort of thing. So it's essentially an employee engagement kind of plastic reduction portal. What a great idea. There's, you know, think of a company that has 5,000 employees. If, yeah. if 10% of them participate, that could make a real impact, you know, yeah. on, on recycling or reusing or whatever it is that you're suggesting them to do. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I mean, I think as consumers, we have the obligation to like vote with our dollars and essentially like do as much research as possible to see what's out there and what the footprint of our brands really is. So yeah, I, I think that there's some amazing solutions out there that we should be supporting. Definitely. Definitely. So what kinds of things would you guys recommend for the employees to do? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's, you know, so essentially we're calculating everything from the microplastics <laughs> to the to the macro, from your tire right. abrasion to your to-go containers. And you know, of of course we're gonna say, you know, carpooling and that sort of thing. But I, I think you know, there's certain things just like your reusable water bottle is massive. And and to taking a to-go bag, I, I did this interesting study while I was actually at my at environmental consultancy, and we surveyed like thousands of people, and we learned that the people that used reusable shopping bags were like a a much higher percentage, more likely to make more sustainable solutions uh, throughout their day or more sustainable decisions, I should say. Yeah. So it's kind of like uh, a snowball effect that you make one choice and it'll, it'll lead to more. So I think that's kind of where we're trying to go with this is that get, get yourself in the mindset of, of taking your to-go bag or bringing your reusable water bottle and then more choices will follow. 100%. 100% agree. Yeah. If... <laughs> If you're not considering it at all, um, you know, it's not going to be a concern. But it, once you open that door for, for change and, the, and for understanding that, yes, the one person that's making this one, you know, different decision because of this is an effect that's important. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Really 100%. well said. So I have some specific questions here I want to get to. Is recycling the largest part of the solution of sustainable packaging in the future? Yeah, yeah, 
this is a very hard question. Oh yeah. <laughs> As I'm sure you know. This I'm, is I'm, a, I'm this really... is a big one. This is not easy. Yeah. And I'm really curious about your thoughts as well, but I, I really often like contemplate this and to be honest, like I, tr I truly don't know, but what I will say is that I know it's a huge, it's going to be a huge part of the solution. And of course we need to be promoting products with PCR and highly recyclable packaging. And, you know, the world's infrastructure, recycling infrastructure needs a massive cash injection and kind of remanagement, in my opinion, to, to scale. And hopefully, you know, some of these, you know, EPR schemes or such things can create the momentum. But I think that when specifically considering plastics, we also do have to consider other options, uh, such as like reuse schemes or plastic alternatives where appropriate, because I think that they all fit in to the solution in some form or shape. Just, uh, yeah, because I, I think that minimizing the amount of plastic is really the key, in my opinion, because it, I, we don't really take into account all of the negative impacts it has on the environments and societies. And, and I think that once that starts to be coming into the equation a little more, we'll, we'll realize that, yeah, we have to recycle, but we also like we can't use so many single use products. 100%. And, and that's very similar to how I would have answered that question. I think it's a part of it's not the only and. Some people say it's not a solution at all. And that always bothers me because it is a it's going to be yeah. and it and it is a big part of the solution, especially when you consider extended producer responsibility, because mm -hmm. what that causes people to do, and the, if people don't know what that means, basically what we're saying is the producers of packaging or the large consumers of packaging, like a company that's making millions of cans of soda or or bottles of uh, water, they need to, there will be laws that say their post-consumer recycled material percentage of their, their new packaging must be X. I've heard numbers as high as 60% and we'll see. But what, what that does is like we were talking about at the beginning of the show, it makes that recycled material very valuable in the future, yeah. which exactly. helps, helps consume what helps municipalities and it helps companies packaging companies want mm -hmm. to collect that material and re more importantly, recycling companies, they're going to want that plastic. Yeah. So. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think we have the evidence of this now, like, you know, there are EPR schemes in, in India, for instance, where there are very valuable plastics. I mean, the people, you know, informally really, you know, make their money through this. Not, it's not a, a, the greatest living in the world. If you're, if you're, you know, waste picking, uh, but it, it is, it is, you know, there is momentum behind it. I think that having a formalized system of this will be incredible and we'll really be able to kind of kickstart our recycling, maybe revolution in the U.S. Yeah, I was I was listening to a presentation at uh, Waste 360 or Waste Expo last year in uh, Las Vegas uh, about the global south and how there are people that just literally their their job is to recycle plastics. Yeah. And they were saying that they had the opportunity to interview quite a few of the people that were doing this for a living. And they said yeah. they were honored to have this position because it paid so well. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. and they had, they absolutely were making a living. And so what a win-win situation that was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that it definitely takes the right kind of management system. You know, I think speak, speaking specifically to India, I've seen both sides of the equation where it, 
they, they, yeah, some of them are doing, you know, really structured well to where they're paying their employees and it's, it's a really well-run business, but I think it is still kind of informal, but yeah, I, I, there's so much potential in it. There really is. And, and these market-based mechanisms to be able to, you know, accelerate change at this level is, is, is key in my mind. Yes, absolutely. So what kinds of reuse schemes would you plan or have you discussed with customers? Yeah. I'd love to know your thoughts on that. I know we're all familiar with the company Loop and you know which is an offshoot of TerraCycle. Is that someone yeah. you've worked with? Yes, yeah, so we we've t- we chatted a little bit with Loop and something actually exciting is one of the I don't I don't I don't want to say this wrong but I possibly founders began a company called Again, which is really exciting. So essentially what they're doing is they are building the infrastructure to help the cleaning process kind of like a hyper local solution for the packaging. So it'll be like a a little unit where the the packaging can be returned, cleaned, and then picked up. And yeah, really, I think that's a great initiative and it it can be kind of scaled. I think it's it's specifically in Germany at the moment, but hopefully that'll come to the US soon. And yeah, I, I think that these reuse schemes have so much potential but they're just definitely still logistical nightmares for a lot of people. But yeah. I think that uh, shipping reuse schemes are not as hard to dive into. And another company that we we were partnered with is Returnity, and I don't oh, they yeah. they're really fantastic. They offer really unique packaging shipping alternatives. Like uh, they have one that's like a chrysalis that can turn into a bag. You know, it's really a <laughs> unique so, you know, wow. unique solutions. That's fascinating. It's like you said, it's a logistical issue. How do we yeah. how do we ask the consumer without being overbearing to bring this packaging back and drop it back off or or pick it up from them if it's enough? There's a company in our area called Ridwell. Have you heard of them? No, I haven't. So they actually come to your front door and they collect your waste plastic. Mm. They collect batteries, light bulbs, mm. old old clothes that you're not going to wear again. Things yeah. that couldn't be recycled, even where I live, which is a very earth friendly area of. But we don't recycle uh, plastic easily here, mm. uh, curbside. So they came in and filled the niche. That's really cool. That's really interesting. Yeah, I. I, we need more of that, hundred percent. And I think you know, kind of what you're saying is that Oregon does recycle plastics. I think the the issue is, especially where I, I live in Atlanta, Georgia, we just dump all of our recyclables in one container. You know, yeah. the single stream is definitely an issue. And I actually, I remember when I was younger, it wasn't single stream. I remember separating yeah. my the glass and the plastics and the the green from the clear. Right. And, um, <laughs> and paper. I, I don't really know yeah. why we. Yeah, exactly. Why did we go away from that? I don't know. That's a really, really awesome question. Fortunately, some of the sorting technology is really improving. So what I've seen at at some of these conventions and things is our sorters that can even identify what a plastic is by with a camera. And then it with a puff of air shoots it to a different, you know, conveyor to be mm-hmm. processed. Fantastic. And and mm-hmm. frankly, hard to believe, but you know, it's it's been proven, it's working. So I think we'll see more of that. I think we'll see some really mm-hmm. cool innovations in the recycling industry. That's great to hear. It really is. And I think I've seen the videos on uh, LinkedIn or whatnot of, of <laughs> the, the puffs of air moving the, the yeah. materials around. Yeah, it was very popular on TikTok. I, I lots of views there. <laughs> People liked it. I love that. <laughs> 
So how do people get a hold of you guys over there at Amplify? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you can come to our website at amplify.io. We're also on LinkedIn and Twitter. Uh, yeah, we'd love a lot. Would love a follow. And we, you know, if please reach out with any questions. We're we're absolutely looking for people to come on board. Some brand engagement. We would love to help you with your packaging solutions. Or you know, if you're interested in partnering, we're currently you know we're working all over the space. I feel like we have lots of exciting things going on, and uh, we're also helping to kind of develop the industry standard methodology behind plastic accounting. We're working with the Prevent Alliance on this. So if anyone's interested in uh, contributing, we would love to really create a standard to help corporations really have the kind of the greenhouse gas emission protocol uh, standard for plastic accounting. So that's kind of the goal. That's awesome. Yeah. There's no way we can set goals if we don't know where we are today. And exactly. I think, so you guys are doing great things. So I'd like to thank Landsberg Aurora for your continued support and sponsorship of this podcast. If you're listening, please take a minute to review. We love five stars and share it with your friends and tell them about sustainable packaging with Corey Connors. Thank you so much, Noah. Appreciate your time. Perfect. Thank you so much. This episode is sponsored by Specrite, the first purpose-built platform for specification management. So much has changed when it comes to packaging, and there's a new book to help you stay ahead of the curve, The Evolution of Products and Packaging, written by longtime packaging executive Mr. Matthew Wright, helps you unpack industry trends and explains how you can use data to drive packaging, innovation, and sustainability. Download your free copy today at specright.com backslash book. That's S-P-E-C-R-I-G-H-T dot com backslash book.